Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Years ago, I was offered a job at Carlisle, and everybody knows I live over by Iuka, and that, that was a, it's about a 45-minute drive, and, and uh, it was a very good job at the time, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I ought to take that. <coughs> so I got to weighing, the, weighing it out, well, that's going to be a 45-minute uh, drive each way, so that's going to make my day an hour and a half longer. So even though it was about $5 an hour more, is, is it really going to pan out? Because I'd have to have a new vehicle to drive back and forth, and, and I'd be gone longer. And, and finally, I decided not to do it. And come to find out, the factory ad that had uh, asked me to take this maintenance supervisor position or maintenance director closed in about a year. So sometimes God lets us weigh these things out, but he helps us to make the correct decision. And as, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and as we are looking into the scripture, and if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. That's where we're going to be. And, and uh, Gary, on Wednesday night, almost hit one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And, uh, and I'm going to get, get to that because I, I want to share that favorite verse with you. That's going to give you some, some, uh, some real assurance and, and some kind of a fuzzy feeling down inside. Don't you like that when God gives you that little fuzzy feeling? If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1. <coughs> and I want to look at verses 4 through 11. Actually, I want to look at verses 4 through 8. And should I go or should I stay? And as Jesus, this was right after the resurrection, so I'm kind of past Easter a little bit. But I want, to, I want to bring this out to you before we go into the Easter uh, uh, season because it's very, very important. Jesus had met with his disciples after the resurrection. And we all know the story about doubting Thomas. Thomas was a typical Southern Baptist. said, I'm not going to believe it until I can stick my hand in his side and stick my finger through the nail print in his hand. I'm not going to believe it until I can do that. Typical Hard-headed Southern Baptist. Amen? Y'all are that way, aren't you? No, 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 not us. <laughs> but Jesus had showed himself to Thomas, and Thomas, as soon as he saw Jesus, he didn't worry about sticking his hand in his side or, or his finger in the print. He just knew that it was Jesus. But there was a lot of things changing during these 40 and 50 days after, after the, the resurrection. You see, the disciples really didn't totally understand what was going on, even though they had walked with Jesus for three years, and even though they had seen him crucified, and even though they had seen him come back to life, they still didn't understand and get the concept of what Jesus was doing. And I'm here to tell you, as as a Baptist preacher and as a, a Southern Baptist through and through, 
I, I also, once in a while, don't understand the way God moves. Do you? Should I go or should I stay? So Jesus told them, very first of all, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Stay here. Stay here. Don't go anywhere except from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, <coughs> which he had said, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And they're saying, what? What's this mean? I guess we'll just wait around and see. Sometimes God tells us to wait. Sometimes God expects us to wait upon him. How many, have you, how many of you have ever heard the preacher say, you got to wait upon the Lord? Reminds me of a story, and I like to tell stories, believe it or not. But uh, uh, a man came during a revival meeting, and, and his heart was convicted, and he came down to the altar to pray. And, <coughs> and the good deacons come up to him, and he said, and, and as they were talking and praying, the, the guy said, I, I just don't feel like I'm saved. I don't feel like anything is happening. And the good deacon says, well, just hang on. Hang on. Just keep praying. Just hang on. Hang on. And finally, that good deacon, he gets up and he goes back to his seat. And then here comes another good deacon. And the, the, this guy tells him the same thing. He said, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. And, and the guy says, well, let go. Just let go. And it gets confusing about what we're supposed to do. But Jesus told his disciples, he said, stay in Jerusalem. I've got something for you. Once in a while, we need to just sit and stay and, and, and uh, uh, concentrate on what God has for us. And that's what Jesus is telling these disciples. He said, you just stay here for a while until you get baptized by the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know what that was. Verse 6 says, Therefore, they, uh, when they had come together, they asked him, still asking Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore your kingdom to Israel? That was not the plan. It wasn't the plan to set up an earthly kingdom. Although the disciples really wanted him to because they thought, we've got the end on a job in the kingdom. We're Jesus' disciples. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. I think about whenever I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe one of these days Jesus is coming back. And I'm going to get to that just a little bit farther in the, into the message. I believe he's telling us that we, should, we need to be staying here and working in our own Jerusalem. Amen? I believe all of our worlds are interacted for a while. You know, he tells us to go into all the uttermost, the, the four corners of the world. He tells us to go here and go there, and we all can't go and become missionaries like, like the video said. We all can't go into a foreign land, but we all have our world that we need to be reaching out to. Our circle. Now, my circle kind of overlaps once in a while with Brother Lee's circle. 
Brother Lee's circle overlaps with Rick's, and Rick's overlaps with Brian's, and Brian's overlaps with Stefan's. And that's how we reach the entire world. So, should I go or should I stay? Jesus said to stay for a while. Now, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, if we stay, I think he wants us to learn of what the message is. We need to stay until we learn the message. Now, if I kind of poll this place, I'm sure that all of you can tell what the Easter story is all about. I'm sure you can. But how long has it been since we shared the message with someone on the outside of the doors? You see, that's where we need to be witnessing. Now, the message is urgent. That was brought up Wednesday night. We say, well, you know, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was right here in, in the first chapter of the book of Acts. So what's the urgency? What is the urgency? There was a young man from Kell yesterday working on his motorcycle. Had two boys. Worked on his motorcycle, got it running. Said, I'm going to, told his wife, said, I'm, I'm going to run it down the road, make sure everything's okay. Runs down south of Kell, turns around, comes back, and at the Kell Road, a pickup truck turned too early, and they hit head on, and he was taken from this life. True story. Check your sentinel, and you'll see the exact same story. You see, the urgency is not so much about when Jesus is coming back to take us collectively as him coming back to take us individually. We're not promised tomorrow. That man was not thinking about dying riding his motorcycle. He was not thinking about dying until he saw the truck that he could not avoid from hitting head on. It is urgent because... We don't know if we'll get home. We don't know. Maybe Jesus will come back during this service, and I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does, because I want to fly through this roof. <laughs> but here's something that I want to tell you, and one of my favorite, we'll get down to my favorite verses, starting with verse 9. It says, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. Wouldn't that be something to see? Wouldn't you like to see Jesus just go up into the sky in a cloud receiving? When I was a kid, we, were, we had a lot of things going on, but one of my favorite things to do was lay out under a shade tree and watch the clouds. Amen? You all do that? If, if you didn't do that, you're not near as old as I am because we didn't have video games and all that stuff. And that's how we entertained ourselves. You'd lay there and say, oh, look at that lion up there. And once in a while, my wife will say, 
did you see that elephant? And I said, what? Up in the clouds. But can you imagine seeing a human being just standing there with you, and then all of a sudden, he leaves the ground, and you just watch him, and he goes up and up and up and up and disappears into the clouds? Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be a sight to see? Somebody say, what have you been drinking? Amen? Now it says, <coughs> and, they, and while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also asked men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heavens? Why are you just standing here? It's time to move. It's time to do something. You have seen one of the greatest miracles of all time. You have seen Jesus Christ. You have seen him die on a cross. You have seen them bury him. You have seen him the next Sunday morning. You have seen him uh, the, that the grave was open and he was no longer there. And you have walked with him for about 40 days. Isn't that great? And now all of a sudden he's going up into heaven. Don't get excited, church. Because this is some good stuff. Now, the next part of that verse is something that, that I really, really, really do love. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. This same Jesus, the same Jesus that died on Mount Calvary, is coming back. The exact same Jesus. The same body that was hung on a cross. That same Jesus is coming back for you. Amen. That's God. That's God. He's coming back for you. Jesus. He could send Moses, he could send Elijah, he could send Abraham, he could send Elisha, he could send Peter, he could send James, he could send, send John, he could send anybody who, who he chooses. But your life is so important to him, he's coming to get you himself. This same Jesus... The same Jesus who Thomas said, I need to reach in his side and I need to stick my finger in his hand. That same Jesus is coming back after you. And I want to tell you something. I am looking forward to today when Jesus does come back for me. Amen. Now, I want to skip over to chapter, chapter 2. We need to tell the message. We need to be telling people about Jesus. There is an urgency. We all hope that we live to be an old person. Some of us are almost there. <laughs> we all want to live as long as possible. That's why we go to the doctor, so we can live longer. Because God instilled in us the love of life. Sometimes we, want, we get so sick and we get so tired that we wish Jesus would come back. <laughs> but you know what? He, he has a time set for us. But we need to be telling the message. And as we enter into this Easter season, 
and throughout this entire month. The theme of this church is for you to go out and invite, to ask people to come to worship, not only on Easter, but every Sunday and every chance that they get. There's a lot of those C&E Christians, I call them. Christmas and Easter, that's when they show up. <laughs> but we need to have this in our daily lives. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. It says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. People, we need to know that Jesus is a very important person. We need to realize that not only do we call him Christ, not only do we call him our Savior, not only do we call him our, our Redeemer, but God has chosen him to be both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? It, it's, it comes a time whenever we begin to witness, and some, uh, someone will say, well, what do I need to do? And we need to be ready to tell them. We need to be ready to tell them what they can do. How long has it been since you explained to someone how to be saved? How long has it been since you explained to someone the reason that we come to church and the reason that we come and worship, the reason we come to sing, the reason we come to hear that long-winded preacher talk? How long has it been since we really told the story? And are we prepared when someone comes up to you and says, what do I need to do? Billy Graham was probably one of the greatest at telling people how to be saved. He kind of introduced to us what we call the sinner's prayer. And basically, it's just the same thing as the Roman road to salvation, only simplified. Confess that you're a sinner, that you need Jesus. Ask Him to come into your heart and promise Him that you'll live for Him. And what's the Bible say? Thou shalt be saved. It's simple. People don't understand the concept of getting something for nothing. How many of you really get something free? <laughs> no, you don't. You pay for it one way or another, right? <coughs> There's no such thing as free in this world except Jesus. One more verse, then I'm going to close. Peter said to them in response to their questions, What shall we do? Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of this Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We try to give the Holy Ghost to our Pentecostal brothers. If we're not really careful. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He fills you with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, what do you do with the Holy Spirit after you're filled, after you're baptized by the Holy Spirit? What do you do? You get up and you live for Christ. It should set you on fire. It should set you apart, and, and you should want to be telling people about the greatest thing that ever happened to you. When I first come here, Brother Ron told me about his bicycle and how many, how far he rode and, and everything. And why? Because that was important to him. It was. Others have told about the different things that they do. And, and uh, I've had people ask me about my car out there. And, and, and I'm excited about cars. I, I'll be real honest with you. I like cars. <laughs> but I love Jesus. And I would rather talk about Jesus as cars any day. What we get excited about is what we talk about. Are you really excited about Jesus? Are you excited about what's happening at Temple Baptist Church? Are you telling people? Are you explaining to them? Whenever they ask, what shall we do? Are you explaining to them that the exact same Jesus... It's coming back someday. Or would you rather talk about your cars and your bicycles and your, your musical instruments and your hobbies? If you would rather talk about that than Jesus, we need to gather together and pray. Because all these things that we have in this life are temporary. Believe it or not, they're all going to burn up one of these days. The only thing that is eternal is what's in your heart. Saved or lost, they're both eternal. Where do you want to spend eternity? You want to spend it with Jesus? The same Jesus that died on the cross, you want him to come and get you? Or when he comes back, you're going to say, hey, remember me? Hey, don't, don't forget me. I think when he comes back, if I'm still alive, he's going to say, okay, Ray, I know you. Lee, I know you. I know you. I know you, Gary. I know you. I know you. I know you. Come on. Come on. I don't want to be a stranger when Jesus comes back. How about you? If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, let me introduce you to him. If you know Jesus as your Savior and you've never been baptized, you need to do that. That's the second step. It's not salvation, but it is a step in obedience. And if you want to get on fire for God, that's the next step. Then we would love to have you as a member here at Temple Baptist Church if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ. This altar is open if you'd like to come and pray. Brother Gary, would you bring your praise team up? And I would love to introduce someone to Jesus. I would love to have to tell Rick, Get the baptistry filled up. I would love to see someone come to an altar of prayer and pour their heart out to God and say, Jesus, I'm lost and I need you. That's what we need to be searching for. We need to be going because he told us to stay until we learned. And now we've learned and now it's time to get up and go. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com 
forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.